Good morning, church. How are we going today? You're doing great? Hey, uh, Lynn, I think you were tapping into the anointing today because I'm, I'm preaching from Matthew about the loaves and the bread. So you are on the pulse. She was up at 3 a.m. in prayer seeking the Lord today. She's on the flow. That's awesome. That's great. Who loves Lynn? I thought that was an awesome offering talk, by the way. Let's give it up for Lynn. I thought that was fantastic. That was beautiful. So good. Hey, well, it's great to be back with you today, Life Family. Are you sitting next to someone you're happy with? Just turn to them and tell them, I prayed all week I'd sit next to you. I prayed all week I'd sit next to you. That's good. Ah, oh, great. Hey, it's so good to be back again uh, with our Life Family today and um, a whole little tribes here as well. We're just getting settled in the kids' church, uh, but it's great to be here. And uh, I really believe today that we haven't just come to have a service, go through a sermon, hear some nice takeaways. All of those things are good. But I really believe today that we're here because we're hungry for God. We're here today because we're saying, I actually, I don't, I don't want to hear from a guest preacher I want to hear from Jesus. And just in the worship, I just one thing I love about this church and this house is the presence of God and the value of the presence of God here. Even the, that prophetic moment before, it's just, I love that there's a flow of the Holy Spirit in this house. And uh, I don't know about you today, but I just want to come with a faith, with an expectation that God could do something powerful today through His Word that God could meet us where we're at, that He could break things off our lives, that He could shift our perspective today as we just hunger after Him. So I know you've all just got settled in your seats and you're all very comfortable, but can we just stand to our feet for a moment and can we just lift our hands to heaven? And I, I just wanna ask today that the Lord is gonna come and He's gonna come like a fire and He's gonna anoint this Word today and that we wouldn't hear the ramblings of a man, but we would hear the anointed Word of the living God today and that He would come and that He would speak to us. So come on, church, why don't we just hunger after Him today? Lord, we've come into Your presence. Father, with hungry hearts, with hearts of faith and expectation. God, we have not come to hear a man. We have not come to hear some takeaways. We have come to encounter the living God. And we ask today, Holy Spirit, that You would come and You would burn through this place like a fire, that You would anoint this Word with a power from heaven. God, we ask that we would leave different to how we came, not because we encountered a man, but because we encountered the Holy Spirit of God. Come Holy Ghost, we pray, light this Word up with Your fire. Let it be powerful, we ask, Lord. May we, Lord, see things today just shift in our hearts. Lord, I speak to um, faulty mindsets that people have been living in. I ask today that they would be broken. I, I pray that lies that people have been stuck in for years would be shattered today. We declare today that strongholds would be loosed and broken today. God, we ask today that You would come by the power of Your Spirit and just speak to us by Your Word. We come with faith and expectation that You will do all You have said You would do in Your Word. You're the same God. You're the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac. You're the God of Jacob. You're the God who met the disciples in the book of Acts. You are the same God. And we just ask today that we would meet you face to face in your word. We love you, Jesus. We honour your presence, Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would come and speak to us now. Come on, in a faith-filled people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's really honour the Lord today and just give Him praise. Awesome. All right. Isabel got it. Someone clapped. Matthew chapter 14, verses 15 to 18. Matthew 14, 15 to 18. 
going to read this together, and then we're going to get into the Word of God today. It says this, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Love that. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves, and then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children, which means there was literally over 10,000 people there minimum. What we see here in this scripture today is really a miracle of multiplication. And, and, and that's who our God is. Do you know that today? I love what, what was said earlier, that God is not just a God of addition. He doesn't just add things to our lives, but He also takes what's in our lives and has the power and the ability to multiply them. That God is not just a God of addition, but I would think a more accurate description would be that our God is the God of multiplication. Come on, who can testify that when you found Jesus, He multiplied that little that you had and made your life and your impact in your world so much bigger than it was before you met Him? Why is that? Because He is a God of multiplication. And I believe that God has a heart to actually do multiplication miracles in our life. That we ought to be living the kind of lives where we see God stepping in, intervening, moving and multiplying things that are far beyond us. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is far beyond me. I want the impact of my life to not be able to be traced back to my hand, but I want people to be able to look at my life and just say this, look, that could only be God. I know that guy, he's not that good. It could only be God. I know that guy, he ain't that gifted. It could only be God. And that's what happens around us when God steps in and begins to multiply miracles in our life. But the question is, how does God do that? It's all good to go, God can multiply the bread. He's a God of multiplication. Stand up and slap our Bibles and scream. But the question is, how does he do that? How does God actually do that? How do we know when God's getting ready to do a miracle like this in our life? And how do we live out a life of supernatural multiplication, not just on occasion, but in our everyday lives? I think it could all be traced back to this one line in Matthew chapter 14, verse 16. Let's get this up together. So you've got to understand all the crowds hanging out together. They've been listening to Jesus minister all day and they're hungry. Now, this is dangerous because who knows? Come on, when you're hungry, you get angry. So, so we don't just have a hunger problem. We have, we have an angry mob ready to erupt, right? Come on, who gets hangry? Who's not even sure when you're a Christian, if you're a Christian anymore when you're hungry? I don't know. It's, just, it's questionable, okay? So this crowd, they're hungry, and there's nothing worse than a crowd full of hungry people. So this crowd's getting hungry, and, and they're longing to eat, and the disciples are like, should we, you know, reasonable question, should we send them away to go and buy some food? You know, we're having a conference break, the session, it's intermission. Should they go away and get some food? And Jesus shocks them, and he says no. And this, he says this one line, which is so confronting 
And, and the reason Jesus says things like this is actually to shock us and to get us to pay attention. He says something so interesting. Let's read it together. Very simple, but very powerful. Matthew 14, 16. You give them something to eat. So both the disciples and Jesus are well aware that they do not have enough food to give 10,000 people. Plus, right, we've got women and children in the mix as well. Yet Jesus asked them to do it anyway. So Jesus knows they don't have enough food. They know they don't have enough food. And Jesus has the audacity to ask them to feed them anyway. Why? Because when you start following Jesus, get this, Jesus will ask unreasonable things of you. Jesus will ask unreasonable things of you. And some of you are like, I'm checking out of here. I don't know about this anymore. Let's go, right? He's going to ask you to do things that both you and him know you are not capable of doing. Think about that. He's going to ask you to do things that both him and you know you are not capable of doing. He's going to ask you to do things you don't have the resources to do. We see this precedent in Scripture that Jesus is going to ask us to do unreasonable things that we don't have the capacity or the resource to do. Why? Because he's Jesus. And that's how he starts to set miracles in motion in our life. Get this, he's going to ask you to give time that you don't have. He's going to ask you to study things you don't feel smart enough to study. He's going to ask you to raise kids. Come on, all the parents in the house. You don't feel equipped to raise. He's going to ask you to start businesses that you don't feel like you have the brains or the resource or the experience to start. He's going to ask you to disciple people that you couldn't even imagine discipling. He's going to ask you to lead things that you could never imagine leading. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus positions our lives and our worlds and he asks us to do things which he and us both know we are not capable of doing. So the question then is why? Like, Jesus, what's with that? Why do you do that? Listen now. Jesus only ever asks you to do things that he knows you cannot do in order to set a miracle in motion. So the next time Jesus asks you, calls you to do something that you know you cannot do, rather than despairing about the fact that you know you can't do it and he knows you can't do it, you ought to get your faith and your expectation up. Why? Because when he asks you to do that, which you know you cannot do, he is about to set a miracle in motion in your life because he knows you're gonna need, come on, some supernatural help. So you gotta stop thinking, I can't do this and this is so terrible, this could never work because I'm not enough. Who cares if you're enough or not enough? If Jesus asks you to do it, he's about to set a miracle in motion to give you exactly what you need at exactly the time you need it. Come on, to be able to do that which he's calling you to do. Jesus, he takes this bread and he multiplied it in ways that the disciples could never have imagined. In their hands, it was lunch for one. But in his hands, it was a feast for 10,000. 
That's the miracle of multiplication. That's what happens when you place the little bit that's in your hands into the hands of Jesus. See, in your hands, it's just lunch for one. But in his hands, it's a feast for 10,000. And, and the experience of my life has been is not that my bread is big, but that my God is big and that he can do so much with a little bit in his hands. Why? Because he's a God of multiplication. See, in your hands, it's just your singing gift. But in his hands, it can break chains off people. In his hands, it's just your business gift. But in his hands, it can forward the kingdom of God throughout the nations of the earth. In your hands, it's just your parenting gift. But in his hands, it can raise world changes. You know, everybody talks about Billy Graham. Not many people talk about his mum. His mum had a grace to raise up world changes. Come on, parents, we've got to start believing that God's going to grace us to do more than we can imagine. In your hands, it's just your creative gift. But in his hands, it's an art that can change hearts. In your hands, you just got these grandkids for a few hours a week. You get the good shift. Come on, but in his hands, you are sowing seeds of wisdom that are going to carve them and shape them and form them to be the men and women that the world need. In his hands, it's a feast for 10,000. Jesus specializes in making much out of little. <laughs> I just got to tell you today, you don't need much for multiplication. You don't need much. This little boy, he didn't have much. And look what Jesus did with that not much. I don't, I don't know if you can relate to that feeling of not having much. Let's be real. Sometimes when we're lying in bed at night and those thoughts come rolling in, or if you're like me, I'm not at night. At night, I'm just like, I'm pumped. It's the morning where I feel like the devil's sitting on my head. So whether you're a morning person, I think it's because I'm more, Hannah's a night owl, I'm a morning owl. Um, so, and you have this sense, oh, I don't have much. I'm not enough. I think we all feel that sometimes, right? Like, are we, are we real people in this church? Or like, you feel that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know you guys are like all very, you know, you would never feel that, ever. You know. But sometimes I do. Sometimes you can look at your life. And your giftings or your talents, your resources, your intelligence, your story. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you have much. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you have much. And it's that feeling of not having much that stops us from bringing what we do have to Jesus. Because we're convinced that we don't have much. And so that feeling of not having much, it cripples us from taking that which we do have and bringing it to Jesus. And, and when the disciples realized <laughs> that all they had was some loaves and fishes, do you know what they did? They didn't bring it to Jesus. And some of you are like, yes, they did. How did it get to his hands? 
let's just remind ourselves, right? Listen, it says, they have here, so Matthew 14, 18. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. Jesus had to tell them to bring that little, but they had to him. They were so convinced that what they had wasn't enough, they didn't even bother bring it to him. They just told him about it. It was Jesus who was the one who had to convince them that you can take that little that you've got and bring it to me. Because why? Jesus loves to do a lot with a little. They had a a belief that we all have, that maybe we don't talk about it, that I don't have much to bring to Jesus. I'll never forget the first time I ever spoke at a conference outside of Murray Bridge. I grew up in Murray Bridge. You know, you, you know where that is. I grew up there. And I remember the first time I ever got asked to speak somewhere outside of my church. It was at a conference in Adelaide. And, uh, and I was so scared. I mean, so scared. And, and when I used to get scared, I used to breathe very heavily through my nose. So it would be like this <laughs> through the microphone. It was very pleasant. My brother came up to me after the service and he said, Sam, I need to tell you something. I love you. But if you don't stop breathing through your nose, ain't nobody going to listen to you preaching. So now I breathe through my mouth. And anyway, so I went to this conference. And I remember I was so scared to preach. Like, I mean, petrified to preach. And, uh, and no one told me who else was speaking at the conference. And before me, there was a session. And so I roll into the conference. I'm just thinking about what am I going to share? And, you know, eternity hangs on this moment. A lot of pressure. And uh, it really didn't. But I'll, I'm sitting there. and and the, the guy who gets up before me is a guy called Paul Scanlon. And I'm like, uh, thanks for the memo, guys. <laughs> like the awkward moment when you have to speak after one of the best orators on the planet and it's your first time. Thanks for setting me up to win, guys. You know? And so I'm, I'm listening to him and he's so articulate. He's got that beautiful accent got a ponytail now. He didn't have the ponytail then, but he's sharing and he's speaking and I'm just sitting there and I'm listening to him. I'm thinking, you just need to, you need to dash. You need to get out of here. Like, what are you doing here? And I was really nervous. I turned to the, the pastor who'd invited me. He was sitting next to me. And I, when, I, when I get nervous, I just tell jokes, bad ones. So I'm trying to laugh it off. And so I turned to him and I said, <laughs> the awkward moment when you have to speak after Paul Scanlon, hey? <laughs> And he gets this fire in his eyes, like. And I'm like, what? I thought it was funny. Like, this is. And he looks at me. I'll never forget it because it was a defining moment in my life. Have you ever had a defining conversation? One of those ones where, that marks you? And he said to me, he looked me in the eye. He didn't laugh at all. Deadpan. And he said, how dare you? And I said, excuse me? I'm getting my back up now. He goes, how dare you? How dare you minimize the gift of God on your life? How dare you minimize what God's called you to bring? How dare you think that what you carry is not equal and significant in God to what anyone else carries? It's like, you're going to get up there and you're going to preach and you're going to minister and you're going to see that God's going to do more through you than you can imagine, not because of you, but in spite of you, because Jesus called you to this. And it shifted something in my heart. It shifted something in my belief system that if God asks us to do it, then yeah, come on, baby, we can do it. What's the solution to not feeling like we have enough? I'll tell you what the 2022 solution is. If this story happened in 2022, the solution would be to start telling some better truths about your bread. No, 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 man, your bread's powerful. Your bread's enough. 
Your bread's worthy. In fact, your bread's so amazing, you don't even need Jesus. 21 affirmations on why your bread's gonna make it. That's how we'd handle it in 2022. But can I tell you today, the world's solution to your lack is to sell you on the sufficiency of your bread. But that's not God's solution. God's solution to your lack is not to sell you on the sufficiency of your bread, but to tell you of the sufficiency of your Saviour. Your bread isn't enough, but your God is. Your bread isn't big, but your God is. Your bread can't go that far, but your God can. We don't need to worry about whether we're enough or our bread's enough, or I've got affirmations for my bread being massive. No, 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 I don't need that, why? Because my God is big. My God is sufficient. My God is powerful. It's not about the sufficiency of your bread. It never was. It's about the power and the sufficiency, come on, of your God. (laughs) The disciples didn't have much. But what they did have, they placed in the hands of Jesus and it became more than they ever could have imagined. Multiplication is not about how much you have. It's about how much you have in his hands. Because in his hands, it's more than enough. I'm going to say this till you get it. In your hands, you are absolutely right. It's not enough. But in his hands, it's not just enough. It is more than enough. And Jesus says to us, exactly what he said to the disciples. That little thing, that little gift, that little resource, that little story, that little testimony, that little thing you've got, bring it to me and watch me do more with it, come on, than you could ever imagine. Why? But come on, because he is the God of multiplication. The title of my message today is simply this, bring your bread. I want you to turn to someone and just tell them, it's about time you bring your bread. Just tell them, bring your bread. Say it with a bit of conviction. It's about time (laughs) you bring your bread. Bring your bread. By the way, totally, totally divergent topic, but who loves the smell of freshly baked bread? Whoa. Walking into my nana's house, she had that bread in the oven. I'm like, bring me that bread. Come on, somebody. All right. The mistakes her disciples made, the mistake the disciples made was that they didn't bring Jesus their bread. They had decided for Jesus what he could and could not do with their bread. They're thinking, we got five loaves here tops. I mean, Jesus, if you're really good with a knife, you're gonna cut this thing up into maybe, maybe five sandwiches. You know what I mean? Tops. A few little kitty triangles, you know what I mean? They'd already decided for Jesus what Jesus could and could not do with their bread. Someone needs to hear this today. My first point is simply this. Number one, quit telling Jesus what he can and cannot do with your bread. Every disciple, every follower of Jesus ought to get used to this. Quit telling Jesus what he can and cannot do with your bread. The disciples are trying to tell Jesus, you can and you cannot do this. Sound like you? Absolutely. It's all of us. Here's a pro tip. Never tell a God who can do anything what he can and cannot do. 
because he can do anything. <laughs> the reason they didn't even consider what Jesus could do with that bread is because every other time they'd seen bread used, it was used in a way that would not be enough for 10,000 people. In other words, right, they let how that bread was used in the past limit what they believed Jesus could do with it in the future. In the future. That's why some of you don't have faith for multiplication. Because you've seen how your bread, your gift, your resource, your story has been used in the past. And you've said, well, it's never gone far. It's never done much. It's never been more than what it is. I've never seen it used in an extraordinary way. Therefore, God can't do that. You've used your gift in the past. You've used, you've tried ministry in the past. You've tried reaching people in the past. You've tried stepping out. You've tried launching out in the business. And you're thinking, this is a nice pump up of the tires today, Pastor Sam, but what's the difference this time? What's the difference this time? I wanna tell you today, the difference is in who told you to bring it. You can't tell me the disciples were never sitting around before at the table. Peter said to someone, hey, pass me the bread, and they broke it. And guess what? It was enough for one. You can't tell me when those little boys were growing up, their mum never bought them bread and broke it, and it was enough for them. No, every other time someone said, hey, bring me bread, they'd only ever seen one thing happen. So you can't really blame them for thinking, my expectation's gonna be that every other time someone told me to bring bread in my life, it's been broken, and guess what? It's been enough for me and maybe a couple of people around me. We can't bash on the disciples too much. I think this is a fair enough thought. The difference was that this time it wasn't their mate telling him to bring it. It wasn't mum or dad telling him to bring it. It wasn't even the priest telling them to bring it. The difference was that Jesus told them to bring it. Because when Jesus tells you to bring it, He will release, come on, a multiplication miracle in your life. See, multiplication doesn't just happen. It happens in response to the released Word of God. That's why we gotta be people who know when God's speaking to us. That's why we gotta be people who are in the Word. That's why we gotta be people who are in prayer. Why? Because when Jesus tells us, that is when multiplication is released. The Word of Jesus is the difference between the mundane and multiplication. The Word of Jesus turned that mundane bread into a multiplication miracle. And that is why we do not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because if God is saying it, oh man, he can do the miracle and he can multiply it. Quit telling Jesus what he can't do with your bread, church family. And start telling Jesus, you know what? You can do anything with my bread. You can do anything. Jesus says, I can take your life and I can use it to impact the nations. I can take your gift and use it to lead people to me. I can take your story and use it to set people free. If you will just do this one thing I'm asking you to do, bring your bread. Some of you are like, my bread's burnt. I've been through stuff. Can I tell you, no matter what you've been through, have a conviction as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to bring my Pastor Sam, my bread's feeling stale. It's feeling like it's already had its shelf life. Can I tell you something? 
God makes all things new. Bring your bread. But, but Pastor Sam, my bread just came out the oven. I've only been a Christian two weeks. There's no timer on the call of God on your life. The moment you were born again, fresh out the oven, still smelling like a new baby, he says, bring your bread. Bring your bread. Number two today. <laughs> the bread you never bring is a blessing you'll never see. The bread you never bring is a blessing you'll never see. See, there's this fear that we have about really giving what we have to Jesus, really giving him our business, really giving him our talents, really giving him our study and our life and our story. We're afraid that nothing will happen. We're afraid that we'll be disappointed. We're afraid that somehow the expectation to multiply in our life doesn't apply to us. But can I tell you today, I can't answer every story about why miracles do and do not happen. I'm not going to get up here and pontificate to you and try and make sense of everything in your life. I don't know that. But this is what I do know today. Hear this. There is one guarantee about the bread you never bring. It will never be more than it is right now. There is one guarantee about the bread you never bring, and that is this. It will never be more than it is right now. So what's scarier, bringing your bread and being disappointed that it doesn't become more than what it is or never bringing your bread and having a guarantee that it will never be more than it is right now. No, we've got to get a faith back inside of our hearts, church, an expectation back inside of our spirit that says, I'm more afraid of not bringing my bread and seeing nothing happen guaranteed than I am of a disappointment of not everything going well in my life. I'm going to bring my bread. There are blessings we aren't seeing because there's bread that we're not bringing. And I'm not just talking about your blessing. I love that God wants to bless you. I believe that. I'm talking about the blessing, even more important blessing of those around you. You think that leadership gift that God has given you that you're not using, that only affects you? No. You think not using that singing gift that, that God's given you only affects you? No. You think not using that business gift that God's given you only affects you? No, it affects so much more than you because when you bring your bread, it is not primarily for you to be fed, but for many, many people to be blessed and impacted around it. I remember when God sent us packing from Murray Bridge to plant our church. I remember being so scared. I remember looking at our team and our bread and everything. And I'm like, with this, this is this, this ain't much. I was saying this to Hannah a few weeks ago. I said, you know what's crazy? There are people getting married now. They never would have got married if we hadn't started that church. And then I'm thinking, hold on. No, no, no. There are kids that are going to get created because that's what happens. That maybe never would have been born if we just didn't bring that little bit of bread. Because the truth is, is that your bread is about so much more than you. And, and you're thinking, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't bring my bread. It doesn't matter if I don't bring to God what I've got. Can I tell you? Yes, it does. That business that you're running, the world needs it. The career that you're in, the world needs it. The leadership that God's placed in your life, the world needs it. Not because of you, but because God called you to it. And it's going to bless far more than just you. Your bread, fam. It's bigger than you. And we've got to take these limiting mindsets off that says, if I don't bring it, it doesn't matter. Can I tell you, it matters more than you know. 
And I'm a young man, but the more I walk through life, the more I see that the bread God's called me to bring was never even really about me. It was about so much more than me. And I don't want anyone under the sound of my voice today to miss out from seeing multiplication in the people around you because you withheld that which God has called you to. And I can hear some of you saying, Pastor Sam, I've brought my bread to Jesus in the past. I've stepped out. I've tried things, but I feel like my bread is broken. I feel like my bread is broken. And this is prophetic for some people today. I feel this in my heart. Please take note of what I'm about to say. Number three, sometimes Jesus will break your bread right before he blesses it. Sometimes he will break your bread right before he blesses it. I'd never seen this before until I was preparing this sermon. In Matthew 14, 19, it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. And what did he do before he blessed the bread? He broke it. He broke the loaves. Jesus breaks it. And then he multiplies it. Because hear me today, church, and I'm going to finish in a minute. So keys, you can join me. That would be great. Sometimes things have to be broken before they can be multiplied. You know what God had to do in Hannah and I's hearts the first year of our church? He had to break it. Break what you think you can do. Break the limits of your own capacity. Break the limits of your own thinking. And then watch me breathe on it and multiply. Sometimes God has to break you before He multiplies you. Some of you right now, you're saying, my bread feels pretty broken. I bought what I had to Jesus and now it's broken. I bought my gift to Jesus and now it feels broken. I brought my faith to Jesus. And if I'm honest right now, Pastor Sam, my faith feels broken. I gave it my all and it feels broken. Not every time, friend, but sometimes the breaking is God's making. I think sometimes we look at our lives with the wrong perspective. If it's broken, God can't be in it. If it's broken, I wasn't hearing from God right. If it's broken, it's never going to be more than it is right. If it's broken, then I did something wrong. It's lies. Think about it. Did that little boy do something wrong because the bread was broken? No, he was in the right place with the right heart at the right time and his bread still got broken. Far be it from us as pastors and leaders that we would preach to you a gospel that says your bread will never be broken and suffering will never come and disappointment will never come. That gospel has failed us, church. But I'm here to tell you, friend, that the true gospel is, is that sometimes even when your bread is broken and it doesn't look like it's coming together, what it means is this, Jesus is in the middle of it. Jesus is doing a miracle. And prepare your heart and your faith that God's not done with you yet. Because my God still blesses broken things.
My God still multiplies things that are messy and there's crumbs everywhere and it doesn't even look whole. Well, guess what? My God can multiply that too. Because He's the God of multiplication. What if He needs to break your just enough in order to make it more than enough? Sometimes the breaking is not all bad. Sometimes the breaking is for the blessing. What if the more bread that was broken means the more blessing that was coming? What if your breaking point is your blessing point? If you feel like Jesus has allowed your bread to get broken, get your expectations up because the thing that Jesus does after He breaks bread is He blesses it and He multiplies it. He will never break your bread without releasing, come on, a multiplication miracle. What if the breaking you're experiencing right now is God setting you up for multiplication? Some of you are, I can't believe this gospel, really? You know that Jesus died before He rose. You know that He was the bread of life and came down from heaven and was broken so that we could be blessed. You know that Jesus on the cross showed us what it looks like to experience your greatest defeats. Come on, before three days later, rising up out of the ground and releasing, come on, the greatest multiplication blessing of salvation that's ever been released on our life. Church, we have to see Jesus, not just in the high, but in the low, blessing and multiplying as you do one thing one thing. Go to Bible college, maybe. Just have a a few more church courses to get ready. You know, but nothing wrong with that. Get my act together, stop stop flying off the head. Yeah, you should do that. Jesus only said one thing. Bring your bread. And some of you, this is why I feel like you need to bring your bread again and watch what the Lord will do come on all across this place today can we just stand to our feet if we're able and the presence of God is here I feel that I know that he wants to minister today I see many people in this room why don't we just close our eyes for a moment I see many people in this room and you're at the precipice of a turning point. And the Lord is getting ready through the highs and the lows, through the making and the breaking to release multiplication in your life. The start of this year, the Lord spoke to me. He gave me that word for this year for our lives, multiply. And I believe today, but there is there's an anointing here. There's an impartation that God is gonna release today. It's a multiplication blessing that God wants to accelerate things that feel like they have been broken. He wants to restore and release destiny into the hearts of His people today. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Sam, today, I need to bring my bread again. Would you pray for me? Would you believe that the anointing and the presence of God could come and that I would begin to step into this next phase of multiplication? God, I bring you my bread today. If that's the cry of your heart, 
Why don't we just lift our hands in surrender right now to the Lord. And I just wanna pray for everybody who's bringing this stuff before God today, the nice stuff that's all together and the stuff that feels like it is absolutely not. Wow, so many people today. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every fear that has prevented your sons and daughters from bringing you their bread, that has locked up potential and and locked up faith and stepping forward into the seasons and times that you have called them to. And God, right now I pray that you would release faith for that bread to be multiplied. God, I speak over your sons and your daughters today of every age and stage, of every season of life, of every generation. I call you, bring your bread before the Lord, place your little in His hands. And God, I declare today that you would multiply. I declare today that You would pour Your Spirit out and that, Jesus, we would see miracles breaking out as we step into everything You've called us to do. Well, I I wanna partner with people today in faith. And I wanna pray over whatever it is that bread you're bringing. I wanna believe today. Come on, but 2022 is gonna be a year of multiplication for your life. Come on, I prophesy that today. Let it be a year of multiplication for your life. Let this be a year where you multiply, where what you brought to the Lord multiplies. So come on today, if you're saying, you know what? I want some pastors, some friends to stand with me today and pray for that. As the worship team sings this beautiful song, I want us just to come to the altar. We're gonna lay hands today. We're gonna believe over businesses. We're gonna believe over families. We're gonna believe over health. We're gonna believe over the future. And we're gonna ask, come on, Jesus to come and do what He does best. Multiply our bread. So come on, let's sing together. And if that's you today, you want prayer, you come. And we're gonna stand with you and pray in Jesus' Name.
through a breaking experience breaking experience I tried and but there was disappointment I really felt when Sam was preaching that at that time there was a real a fresh anointing on that and God was breathing hope back into hearts he was breathing life back into hearts and saying don't stop at that juncture of disappointment and allow it to become a placement for your future but move past that knowing that I was aware of that I was beside you and I'm reviving that right now and I feel there are people there right now that you right then these closing moments now you say Lord I'm standing up again I'm stepping out again 
and I'm believing you again. I'm placing it in your hands and I'm trusting you. Breathe on it in Jesus' name. So just in these closing moments, I want just you and God just to do business where you are as we sing this chorus again. I'm going to shout my way Yes, Lord, I'm bringing my bread back again. I'm going to stand up again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to trust again. I believe, Lord, you are bigger. I'm going to dance in the midst of the rain. I'm going to rest in the arms of the Father. for your your presence here today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for that fresh rhema word that's been spoken into our spirits today. And Lord, I ask and pray that you would cover it, watch over the word, let it take root into our hearts again. May we be revived and restored. Lord, that we will trust again to bring our bread to you, knowing that it doesn't look much, but in your hands, it is more than enough. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you, church.